G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, it's good to welcome Greg Bondar, who's Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT, back with us. Hello, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, Greg, in the intro, I was talking there about your book. In fact, you mm. were guest speaker on Monday at the Christian Focus on Society event in New South Wales at New South Wales Parliament House. And uh, the Honourable Mark Latham, MLC, launched your new book, Silencing of the Lambs, Wokeism and Cancel Culture's Attack on Christianity in Australia. How did the launch go, Greg? Oh, look, Neil, not just because it's my book, but it went really well, you know. Uh, I have to tell you that uh, we had a great turnout. Uh, people heard also from uh, other authors that were in the book. Uh, Lyle Shelton was there. He spoke very highly of the book, along with Etienne McClintock, who we spoke with not long ago on your program. But, Neil, the, pro- the, the, the actual launch went really well. Mark Latham said, you know, times have got to change. You know, wokeism and cancel culture is infiltrating government and... Uh, uh, he did a really good job, and I'm pleased to say, Neil, that the books I had in hand on the day all sold out, so something must be going right. <laughs> oh, you better put another order in, Greg. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> I guess that's probably music to the ears of an author. Well, my book's sold yeah. out. Oh, wonderful stuff. Uh, so for listeners who are looking for it, it is called Silencing of the Lambs, Wokeism and Cancel Culture's Attack on Christianity in Australia. Uh, simply Google that or Google Greg Bondar and uh, you'll be able to get a hold of a copy of it. Hey, some of the things on your agenda this week, uh, social media and spiritual warfare. Uh, you've uh, been having some thoughts about uh, the Prime Minister's announcement last week that an incoming mm. coalition government will pass some measures calling Google and Apple to account. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, now it's very important that as we go into the election next week, you know, that we just don't give thought to uh, economic or employment-type issues, you know, housing. They're all important. They're critical to our well-being. But I think it's important also to pay some attention to the actual spiritual, um, you know, Christian-type issues that voters tend to neglect. It was so pleasing to hear the Prime Minister announce that he will be, uh, you know, if if he's returned to power, putting measures in place that will call on Google and Apple to actually make sure that they, you know, that they have protective uh, plans in place and make sure that uh, children are not, uh, uh, you know, subjected to online abuse by way of pornography or whatever else it may be. Because now, very quickly, you know, online safety is one of the greatest concerns to Australians, particularly since the advent of, of course, the mobile internet devices and social media like TikTok and Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram. So we've got to be very careful and it was pleasing to hear the Prime Minister make an announcement that he'll take action. Uh, That is encouraging. Of course, the reality always is going to be, Greg, and your thoughts here too, that even though you might count on the government to do something to bring some protection for our children, there's always going to be this weight of responsibility that sits on the shoulders of parents for some wise parenting techniques to be able to protect our kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the 
as, as somebody said, you know, the, the biggest uh, danger we face is leaving our children in the bedroom with a phone because, uh, you know, years gone by, you know, you had to go and look for pornography, Neil. Uh, now it is almost in your face. You know, you pick up uh, um, soft porn on, on, on social media that, you know, messages come through. I'm amazed even at the news reports that I get through my internet every day, see what the news items are, and, and all you're seeing is really a lot of soft porn. I remember Family Voice just a, a few months ago putting out a very, very uh, uh, powerful press release to, to Channel 9 at the time uh, about uh, Love Island. You know, that was not a Love Island at all. It was we, we, we think that the show is just merely soft porn and sending the wrong message to, you know, to young couples wishing to really engage in love in the true sense of the word under a biblical worldview. So, Neil, you know, this is a real danger to all families, kids, and uh, I'm pleased that something will be done about it if if um, they're re-elected now. Well, we live in an age where social media is pervasive everywhere and it's become an acceptable alternative uh for get people getting access to pornography, so mm. so when the government's involved here, uh, how do they actually, you know, where's the rubber hit the road? What can government do? Do you think, Greg, so far as some of these issues uh, dealing with uh, online content? Yeah, look, Neil, <clears throat> Family Voice actually put in a, a number of submissions to the Minister for Communications at the top, Paul Fletcher, and we and we made the point that pornography. And not just pornography, but gambling as well, Neil, you know. And some other issues, as uh, you know, bullying and what have you, uh, are, are rife on, on social media. So what we put in is a, a, a submission that asked the government to put certain restrictions. Age verification, for example, was one way to do that, to make sure that accessing of, of data and in particular uh, websites that were dangerous to children uh, were blocked, and it's up to the obviously the telecommunication companies who uh, work out the best way to have that implemented now. Ultimately, we're reminded, Greg, there is a spiritual battle going on, oh, and yeah. uh, every individual Christian uh, will be subjected to some of these things we're talking about today. And uh, you've got to be able to take the right action. And uh, reminded, mm. there's a spiritual battle, but there's a spiritual armor we can wear. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as I said, the news items I get through, you know, every day to see what's going on in the world so I can react accordingly. You know, some of the things I see are absolutely, you know, appalling. And I'm talking about news items here. So, you know, as uh, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, you know, we've got to put on the armour of God, Neil, and make sure that we guard ourselves against these sort of uh, temptations. And in particular, uh, if it's a because on your social media, I have to tell you, I got a text from a friend of mine um, which I thought was, oh, this will be interesting. But it wasn't a friend at all. It was some sort of spam. But when I opened it up, oh, my, oh, Neil, I nearly fell over, you know. And I said, where did I get this stuff from? And uh, I had to delete it, obviously, as quickly as possible because these things are now coming through on our phones and, and it's uninvited, Neil. All right. Well, it is something that you might ask your candidates about, uh, people who are standing for election at the federal election just over a week away, about uh, the online content and where the government and where the opposition, where any candidate that you might be talking to stands on those sorts of issues. Hey, let's talk about faith in the public square, uh, an issue in the United States you've been drawing some attention to, Greg. Yeah, now this is an important issue because <clears throat> it has great ramifications for us 
uh, Christians here in Australia because what's happening is a football coach simply decided to <clears throat> pardon me, have a prayer session um, with his team at a football game match uh, during, uh, during the um, break and he was automatically cancelled. And we've spoken about cancel culture. So he went to court. Say, look, why have I been sacked? Um, <clears throat> all I was doing was saying a prayer. Neil, we should not as Christians have to be apologising for the fact that we are praying in public. So this is a real issue because, you know, we as Christians are grappling with how do we express our faith in the public arena? And, and to this effect, you know, I went back and when it went back on my notes and I found a book called Faith in the Public Square by the then former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams. And I don't agree with everything Rowan did, but this is a fantastic book on how Christians can look at speaking and acting out their faith in the public arena now. <laughs> okay, and uh, some good points that he raises in that book. What sort of things is he saying about how you might approach this issue of faith in the public square? Well, he's, he's made a couple of very interesting points, and, and one of the things that I, I, I found interesting was he says in the book very clearly that we as Christians have to be careful that when we engage in political discourse, we make sure that we don't act holier than now. Now, you know, the issue of expressing your faith in public in the public arena is not just simply, you know, arguing about happy holidays versus Merry Christmas. We're talking at a much higher level here. And one of the problems I think Christians, we as Christians tend to do is we tend to act as holier than now. So Ryan Williams in his book makes the, clear, makes the point clearly, Neil, that we have to be careful how we engage in political discourse for, for starters anyway. <clears throat> okay. And, uh, of course, uh, freedom of thought, freedom of belief, having an opinion, expressing that, uh, freedom of association, all those things very important. But as you yep. say, there is a way you conduct yourself in the conversation. And uh, a little saying that I always yep. like is that uh, some people will say, in this world there are saints and sinners. Uh, but before God, there are only sinners saved by grace. Uh, so there's a certain sense in which, yes, you can have a holier-than-thou uh, attitude mm-hmm. when you're in a conversation or when you're in a public uh, conversation or if you're in a public mm-hmm. discourse, uh, if you're politically minded, uh, but you've got to really have a sense of humility there and recognize uh, we're all in this together and there are challenges we all face. Hey, Greg. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, good stuff. I'm sorry, no, I just yep. wanted to make the point that, that, that um, you know, what the book brought into to, to highlight in my circumstance, when I appeared before the New South Wales Parliament, Neil, um, you know, I, I, was, I was really taught a lesson because I was told to make sure that when I argued against voluntary assisted dying, that it was not just a biblical view. I had to also put in a rational, uh, medical, human and also a caring view. So in other words, politicians were more uh, likely to accept your argument if it wasn't just the religious view. Now, I don't say shy away from your religion, Neil, but they were more likely to accept if you're able to put or translate your, your, your position into a non-religious specific sort of context. So it's very important how we engage in the, in the arena, 
public arena now. And uh, we ought to celebrate that fact because, as we talk about so often on this program, we're looking for the evidence. We're looking for the common sense. We're looking for the scientific foundations and understandings on the way that we might present ourselves in all of this. Mm. Uh, and we still hold to that biblical position. Hey, uh, casting our sights overseas, uh, Canada, they're sort of a little bit ahead of where the rest of the Western world is by way of being woke. Uh, University in Canada only considering women, transgender, non-binary and two-spirit people for a, a position there in their university. Now, now this is a really, really a dangerous precedent that's happening here in uh in, in what happening overseas in Canada. What's happened there is the University of, um, uh, of Waterloo has actually advertised for a position for an assistant professor, uh, and it is in science and engineering. But now wait for it, Neil. The advert said that the applications are restricted to only women or those who self-identify as women, transgender, non-binary, or two-spirited people. Two-spirited people really translates from the uh, native Indian to be transgender. Now, what does any of that gender ideology have to do with being uh, qualified and an expert in science and engineering? Neil, this is going mad and we've got to be very careful what's going to happen here. Interesting, while it sounds ridiculous to us, it doesn't sound like there's any sort of common sense there and it actually sounds very divisive. Uh, this is the way things are headed if you exist in a woke world. Uh, this, mm. is the sort of, this is the sort of direction wokeism goes, isn't it, Greg? Well, it is, and, it's, and this is why I guess my book was so relevant and timely because it's now, you know, not only individuals going woke, Companies going wake, but now now you've got countries going wake, and Canada is the leader in that respect. And the problem we've got here is now that the days of men and women applying for jobs look like coming to an end if this takes, you know, a a, a first a first um, uh, preference to have you know transgender people or whatever to apply for a job. Now universities, of course, are going to be always controversial but the problem we've got here is that these people are setting a trend i can guarantee you neil that this time next year a university here in australia will pick this nonsense up and we've got to make sure that they don't because otherwise you know um well it, it will make it difficult for men to get a job because i can't identify or maybe it'll make it easier neil because all i'll do is i'll go along and say look i, I feel like a woman today i want to apply for the job you know, how ridiculous is all that? Well, you know, as a Christian in the mix there and when the conversation arises, uh, we are the ones who come from a place which has a solid foundation because the biblical view is not about to change anytime soon. So yeah. uh, on these issues about uh, identifying as a man or a woman, well, we know that the Bible says there are men and there are women made in the image and likeness of God, uh, but there are two that are separate and uh, holding to that biblical view is something that we'll mm. need to continue to do. And uh, the, yeah. as I say, the Bible's not changing anytime soon. Hey, Greg, yeah. you've got some things coming up. I always like to talk about things you've got on the horizon. You've got a climate change webinar mm. coming up and that'll be an interesting one for a lot of listeners yeah it will be you know, because it's a bit of a shame because it's going to happen after the election now i went through and you would be aware of this 
a lot of the political parties are talking about climate change. Um, you know, trying to make that a political electoral issue uh, in the elections next week. But um, we've got a wonderful man on called Professor Ian Plimmer. He will talk about climate change. Is it a reality? Is it a hoax? What is it? And um, we need to discuss that because, as you know, as Christians, we've got a duty to look after our environment. Uh, we've been made uh, stewards of the environment. And uh, in that regard, Neil, it'll be an interesting discussion to have. And um, we're not taking a position. We just wanted to make sure that we uh, alert our, our, our supporters to the fact that climate change is an issue and we need to have a look at it. Uh, Greg Bondar, and let me just point listeners to familyvoice.org.au. Greg, stay with us. A few extra minutes today, a little bit of a crossover opportunity. Dan Flynn will be joining us in just a few moments from the Australian Christian Lobby. And I've been talking about the momentum that there is uh, for Christians in this federal election campaign. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. The Thursday edition of 2020, you know, throughout this federal election campaign, we are observing an interesting and some will say very exciting phenomenon. The Christian influence in the campaign has real momentum. The influence is so significant, both the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition are stressing their personal religious affiliations. Scott Morrison, of course, a Pentecostal Christian, Anthony Albanese, going to great lengths to highlight his Catholic upbringing. Well, Christian organisations like the Australian Christian Lobby and Family Voice Australia and the Canberra Declaration, they've detailed resources, perhaps better than ever, helping Christians and non-Christians understand the landscape they are voting in. Greg Bondar from Family Voice Australia is still with us, but uh, also joining us now, Dan Flynn, who is Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Hi, Dan. Welcome along. Pleasure to be aboard. How are you, Neil? Good. Hey, Dan, uh, when we talk about momentum, it's happening in your office. Uh, You're sort of directing a bit of traffic here. How do you feel like the momentum's going for the Christian campaign? Is it cutting through? Is it getting out into the non-Christian public as well? Well, I hope so, Neil. Um, You know, I'm speaking on behalf of Martin Isles at the moment, who's over in the West. He's been speaking at the Walk for Life, the big rally last night. And so um, holding the fort here in Canberra uh, in his absence. Uh, yes, Neil, we, I think we are cutting through. Uh, we, uh, we are wanting people not to forget the votes on religious discrimination. So these votes that happened in the middle of the night on the 10th of February were a number of, um, you know, they're called moderate liberals. Um, I think they're, they're left-wing, they're woke liberals who voted to really destroy the religious discrimination bill. Uh, they, they, they devastated the Prime Minister because this was his principal offering to the faith community. Uh, and uh, Dave Sharma, uh, Bridget Archer, Trent Zimmerman um, and Fiona Martin uh, were coalition members who really destroyed that. And we, we are getting the word out. It's, um, so we're not about parties. Uh, we are about uh, candidates. And we say that um, the wrong people are actually in control uh, of the coalition at the moment. The wrong people destroyed that bill, and we are trying to highlight that uh, on foot uh, in these electorates and by flyers, and we have uh, mobile trucks uh, 
in the electorates of Reid and uh, North Sydney um, conveying this message. So that's our outreach to the public. Um, and we are also promoting some of the great uh, statements uh, in relation to um, Christian schools and religious freedom. Uh, James Thompson in Hunter, Andrew Hastings in Canner, Canning uh, rather, um, Michael Sukum in Deakin, Terry Young in Longman, uh, and there's more. So, uh, yes, we're, we're uh, putting out some very positive messages about some and some negative messages about other, but others, but it's designed to protect Christian schools, you know, where lo- love protects and we're being loving uh, in that respect of protecting Christian schools. Fabulous stuff. And the resources that are available now, and because social media is so much more prominent, even in this coming election campaign, it seems to be it's supercharged the resources that are coming from Christian organisations. And Greg Bondar, uh, Family Voice, has been doing this sort of research before elections for the past 40-plus years. Uh, how are you noticing the, the momentum of the campaigns that you've been running? Neil, that's a great question, really, because um, we've seen a really, really great uh, step forward for the Christian uh, uh, lobby group, for the want of a better word. I, you know, as you said, um, ACL, Family Voice, and, of course, Canberra Declaration, along with some others. You know, Neil, you know that you're making an impact when it's the politicians and the media that ring you rather than you having to ring them. And that's what we're finding at the moment, I'm sure ACL as well. I mean, there was an article in The Guardian uh, about a week ago on religious discrimination, I believe. And the journalist, who was, I think, the deputy editor, uh, I, 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 might, I might recall, had a phrase in that article, Neil, that said, um, the government ought to be aware, and I'm paraphrasing here, that they need to be aware of organised, well, well-organised um, uh, lobby groups such as... Uh, ACL and Family Voice. Now, they're recognising that we are making an impact, Neil, and I think that's saying a lot for Christians. Now, we're not making an impact for our own glory. We're making it because we believe in a biblical worldview, Neil. Dan Flynn, this is the case, isn't it? Uh, No doubt the phone's been running hot at the offices of the ACL, and this is not something that we've been used to in earlier times. Uh, uh, People are wanting to get the support of the Christians. Well, it's absolutely true. And um, you may be aware, Neil, that Martin has published a list of those who uh, he understands are practising Christians. And I can tell you there's a lot of clamour for people to want to be on that list. Uh, it's never been a more um, popular time, in a sense, to for people to declare their Christianity. And I think that's uh, just an interesting thing to observe. Uh, not that we, um, you know, obviously God is the judge of who is a Christian, but we are taking people on face value who mm. have church attendance and if, if it affects their lives in ways that people can verify. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting times. And I think uh, Family Voice have always done a remarkable job in, uh, you know, sort of a, a check, uh, checklist uh, of where the parties stand. Uh, and that's, that's a great resource. And we're, you know, providing resources alongside that which I think would give uh, Christian voters uh, access to plenty of information.
Interestingly, uh, when we talk about the resources available, there's a different variety and uh, some nuanced ways that each of the organisations has approached some of these things. And I guess to get a really full uh, flavour of what the Christians are saying, uh, check on all of the different resources. So you've got Australian Christian Lobby, you've got Family Voice Australia, you've got the Australian Christian Values Checklist. Uh, some of those just a, a one-page document. Then it, uh, you know, in the Family Voice material, it gets a little bit more sophisticated uh, but focused on the two major parties who might win and then you've got uh, really quite a substantial resource there from the Australian Christian Lobby which is a lot of resource and research that's gone into even individual candidates who are standing but just to pause and reflect for just a moment here Dan and I'll get your thoughts Greg Bondar how do you feel when you've got Christian candidates who didn't find their way onto the list uh, that is uh, there at the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, people clamouring to get on the list to say that they are Christians and they want to be known to be that. Uh, Greg Bonda, your thoughts about yeah. just how that makes you feel? Yeah, Neil, uh, I think it's a wonderful um, initiative by um, ACL because people will declare they're Christians if it suits their electoral agenda. Now, you've got to be very careful here. Dan is spot on. God will decide who who is a Christian, not us. And I think we've got to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we don't judge characters. But I think getting on the list is very important. I think it's something we should be doing every year. I know with our own Zate Wisely uh, document, we now have translated into Mandarin because there's been a request from uh, the the Chinese community because they're, they're wanting to make sure that they can, you know, vote wisely and uh, and we've got to cater for the, all, all sorts of... Uh, ethnic races and we're doing that and I think it's wonderful that we can do it and 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 give people the opportunity to read our vote wisely uh, documentation. What an amazing development that is and Dan Flynn have you found there's a call too for other languages I mean Australia is very multicultural these days uh, lots of people in the different language groups wanting material in their languages has that been something that ACL has been addressing at all? It has been. Um, last night uh, we had a forum in Chisholm, uh, which is in Victoria. Gladys Liu is the sitting MP there. Uh, that is the most multicultural uh, electorate in Australia, I'm told. Mm. And certainly um, there, there was information uh, provided there uh, in Mandarin. And ACL worked alongside the Institute for Civil Society, uh, Mark Sneddon's group yesterday, and, and uh, Mark provided a num number of items of uh, information on the religious discrimination bill in Mandarin. So that was a great uh, collaboration there. But uh, yes, um, uh, and, and sometimes if you can't put it in Mandarin, you can put it in a cartoon. And so we've been expressing some of our um, uh, concern about the way people have voted. We've got, um, uh, you know, MPs uh, sitting, uh, driving a wrecking ball machine. Uh, with a wrecking ball aimed at a Christian church or a mm. Christian school. Um, and it's a little startling, I know, but, um, uh, you know, sometimes that could communicate. And we've been careful to make sure the photographs of the MPs have been respectful. And uh, as I, I said to one of the MPs who was depicted the other day, I was in a, uh, a Zoom meeting with the particular MP, and I, I said, look, I know that this flyer is startling, but your vote against the Religious Discrimination Bill and to remove protections from Christian schools in the middle of the night, that was startling. And so 
I know you're disappointed. We're disappointed as well. So, you know, sometimes it takes an image like that to uh, actually cut through in quite a, a crowded communications environment. Wonderful creativity in the communication there. And yes, uh, cartoons or satire or all sorts of ways that actually cut through in the communication barriers that we sometimes have. Hey, uh, we've got to say farewell to Greg Bondar. Greg, uh, thank you so much for taking some time just to stay on a little and have a little bit of a crossover segment here with the ACL. But uh, Greg, appreciate you being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. And it was good to talk with Dan as well. All the best, Greg. Thanks for your good work. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.